Welcome to Nuka Talks, where we unpack challenges and explore the vast opportunities that emerging markets hold in a succinct and digestible manner. This podcast was created as a result of industry-shaping conversations that we felt needed to fall upon more years. Today we'll be speaking with Bhavik Patni. Bhavik is really at the forefront of the data center boom in Africa. He initially worked within private equity and transitioned over to Roxio, where he's played a key role in scaling the business to become one of Africa's premier data center businesses. Um, on the podcast today, we're going to explore the driving force behind uh, Roxio's growth, how data center companies can approach scaling their teams, capital raising within the sector, the challenges that might hinder the growth of the sector moving forward, and lastly, what Roxio's ambitions are moving forward. Hope you enjoy as much as I did. There you go. All right, Bhavik, thanks so much for, for coming on to the podcast. Um, thanks, and thanks, Sean, for having me. Yeah, no worries at all. And from mine, I want to dive straight into it and get a bit of an understanding about, you know, what piqued your interest in the data center space to begin with. So um, I actually got into the data center space by somewhat uh, chance. Uh, before I, I uh, got involved with, uh, with data centers, I was working in the, in the private equity space. So I was working for a fund, an East African-focused uh, investment fund. Um, and when I finished that, I was evaluating a few different opportunities uh, for, uh, for what, what happens next. Um, and, uh, and, and the opportunity at Roja uh, then came about and, um, and at that time Roja was sort of just starting to think about and, and, and laying the, the foundation for building a, a data center company. Um, I knew nothing about data centers at that, at that time um, and so I was very, very much uh, fresh uh, to the industry and um, I had a lot to learn. So it's a very steep learning curve. Um, and uh, in general, I, uh, I try to be a very, I like to learn new things and I'm very, just generally very curious about things. So this was one uh, industry I had no knowledge about, uh, but was growing so fast. Uh, it was really uh, something I wanted to spend more time learning. Okay, great. And obviously I think that the move over to Roxio came with the transaction that went through as well. and. Um, roll up deploying that capital into it but how was that I guess transition from moving from a direct investment role into one that's more operational now with Roxio? See the nature of uh, of Roja um, is uh, is very entrepreneurial so Roja does not operate like a traditional private equity uh, fund in that it does not invest in in other companies. Roja builds um, investment opportunities right. to later go in and build their own companies from scratch. And so it was really appealing when uh, the opportunity to build a business from scratch uh, you know, came about. So uh, the, ne- the, the, the role at Roja was, I would say, focused on, at the, at the early stages of it, on, on evaluating the opportunity uh, from, a, for, from an investment perspective. But then as it grew, it sort of naturally um, became a more hands-on uh, operational role. So you get started to get more involved with the business and um, uh, it kind of 
came on to me quite naturally uh, that I was getting much more involved operationally and I was really enjoying it uh, and I was just enjoying you know uh, doing business uh, speaking to customers you know building teams you know, uh, working on strategy working on engineering this is all really interesting for me to be kind of on the front lines of this so it uh, sort of came about I've just constantly uh, had to uh, teach myself a lot of new things um, and just you know, keep learning along the way. Okay, fair enough. And it's safe to say that it has been a steep learning curve considering I think in the past year and a half or so, um, or maybe a slightly longer, Roxy has moved into you know, six new countries, opened up offices, um, and it's all been done in a pretty short period of time. So what do you feel has been the driving force behind Horatio's success, but not only success, success in a, a pretty short period of time. So, Rexio has, uh, you know, has grown uh, considerably since I first joined. Uh, when I initially joined, our plans were to build um, uh, about five data centers. Right. And um, as we went along um, that journey, we saw that there's a much larger opportunity um, out there. And in addition to that, there was also uh, investor appetite to, uh, to invest in data centers as an asset class. So if you, when we combine the, the market opportunity and the, and the opportunity to also uh, get funding to, to, to execute this, it sort of worked out quite well that we could actually grow our ambitions and build a much larger uh, portfolio. So, a couple of things um, that uh, sort of have has helped you know Raxio get to where it is today. Uh, one of the big things is uh, is our strategy. We have a slightly alternate uh, strategy to um, to some of the other data center players on the continent. We focus primarily on what we call tier two markets. These are markets that are um, not your Nairobi, Lagos, yeah. or uh, South Africa, which are currently quite well served. These are your markets that are sort of around those markets, what we could call maybe tier two markets, um, which all have a need for this infrastructure and is currently going unaddressed. So we saw that there is a, you know, a, a massive unaddressed market in, this, in these uh, economies. Um, the other thing is that we, uh, we, we decided that from a team perspective, we needed to build a lot of the uh, uh, capabilities in-house so we started to hire the right team um, to grow the organization uh, a team that we can then leverage to to um, to build a much larger um, sort of platform than we had you know initially envisaged so we've brought on you know uh, from a from a market perspective uh, from a, a commercial perspective from a technical perspective we brought we brought on you know the really uh, we brought on professionals who have a lot of deep experience in this industry and that really helped and 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 then I think the other one other point I would add to that is that we had uh, from a shareholder perspective we had very solid backing so both our uh, shareholders um, Roha and uh, Meridium have continued to support us and continue to support our growth and will continue to do so um, as we go on. Great. Well, I'll come back to the shareholding and your investors because it's a really interesting topic to discuss around the capital raising side. But 
you touched upon the hiring and the team there and a common theme that I'm seeing or the conversations that I'm having with you know DC companies is around hiring and the talent available in the market um, of course it is a fairly new sector across sub-saharan Africa um, and a lot of companies are still kind of figuring out how to approach that from a talent perspective um, on your end what has been particularly successful then in terms of a strategy for recruitment and strategy for scaling not just with maybe bringing in you know expats who have experience uh, outside of sub-saharan africa and come with that but also in terms of growing out the local talent force so our our strategy um is to is that all our operating companies, um, so all the countries in which we have a data center, will be fully staffed by, uh, by local IT professionals. Um, and, and you can look at our, our facility in Uganda as an example, you can look at Ethiopia as an example. These are all um, markets in which we will be, the data centers will be fully operated by local Ethiopians or Ugandans. We've been um, we found that there is actually a very good pool of talent in all these countries, especially technical IT talent. It exists, you need to look for it, but it's there. And uh, we were very, uh, very happy to actually find that, uh, that it's there. And uh, also that, um, yeah, I maybe it's, yeah. It's, it's there, it's great. But the other thing that's, that's, that's also that we've done is that we have given all our uh, team members a, uh, an international level of training when it comes to data center operations. So all of, uh, all of Raxio's uh, operating staff are, are trained sort of to be on par with their colleagues anywhere in the world. Okay, fantastic. And I think that there are a few companies leading the way in terms of how the industry can approach recruitment within the DC space. And of course, I'm really interested in that and it's really interesting to hear kind of Raxia's approach of you know blending the two kind of local talent force along with the more maybe experienced talent that's had the opportunity to have more exposure to the data center space outside of sub-saharan Africa and bring those two skill sets together which can be a pretty powerful thing so no great and kind of taking it forward from there on the capital raising side of it and I know a lot of people are really interested in this side so Rossio, as you mentioned, has done a fantastic job of raising capital um, with Meridium and, of course, Roja kind of getting the business up and running. Um, but there still are obstacles when it comes to kind of, you know, bridging, bridging the digital divide in Africa. And a lot of it is focused on actually that initial injection of capital. So what do you feel more businesses can do within the kind of data center or broader digital infrastructure space to be what I would call more investable? Are there certain key characteristics that these companies need to be showing to turn investor heads? So I uh, I think that uh, if you put yourself in the in the seat of an investor, investors are looking for two two things. If we boil it down, one is to create impact, and the other is to create value. And from a from an impact perspective. It's sometimes difficult to, uh, to actually quantify how much impact a piece of infrastructure has on an economy. Um, it is it's just so large that um, uh, the, the economy will be reaping benefits of it for, for, for years to come. 
um, think about like uh, you know the impact of building railroads or, or highways. Yeah. You know, th- it has significant impact on on, on how a, a, an economy runs. So that's one piece. The other piece is on, when we talk about impact is also just how many jobs we create indirectly. We're creating about in any of our facility in any of our operating con- countries. We're creating about two hundred jobs indirectly. It could be between two hundred to five hundred actually. Uh, directly, we're creating. Um, a significant amount of very uh, technical um, uh, pool of talent. So I think that's the other thing. Um, and then from a from a from a value creation perspective, which is something investors are also looking for, is I think that um, uh, data center operators have be, have to be very clear um, about what um, what demand they are trying to satisfy. Um, from, from for us, we are addressing uh, markets that have latent demand. These are markets that are currently underserved, so they pose a lot of they they pose significant upside for an investor um, to, uh, to 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 be vested in. Um, the other thing is that from a execution perspective, data centers are very complex uh, businesses to uh, build and operate. So it's, it's very important to have the right teams um, in place that are capable and have the experience of actually building and then operating uh, these facilities. Um, and then the other thing is that you have to be also be able to demonstrate that this business is going to uh, generate s- steady cash flow, um, which intrinsically all data centers um, should do because it's a relatively low churn um, stable cash flow sort of kind of business but if I was to you know boil it down to a couple of the main things I would say it's the uh, it's the impact that you can create through uh, building this infrastructure and uh, from a commercial perspective I have to look into uh, the the demand that is being addressed um, and how are you going to execute that okay Great. And looking outside of then the capital challenge, what are maybe some of the other challenges that you see as kind of a need to be addressed before it becomes a problem and kind of the challenges that you foresee maybe stopping some of the growth that we're seeing within the space? So I think that challenges um, primarily come from a few areas. One of the area is, uh, is regulation. Um, I think that uh, regulators across Africa need to um, design regulation that is uh, attractive for foreign investors to to build infrastructure, and particularly for infrastructure that is going to contribute so much to the national you know uh, uh, economy. So policies, incentive structures. Are, are very very uh, useful and the removal of, of uh, red tape um, in, in terms of being able to operate these businesses is very useful. The other thing is uh, is on the power side. Power is uh, probably the uh, you know your your biggest cost in a, in a data center and so having access to uh, to stable reliable power um, is is very very uh, important for uh, for any data center. It's important that uh, the uh, the generation from a generation transmission and distribution perspective, um, 
all of these economies are being developed uh, to be able to grow uh, their capacities uh, that they can deliver to the data centers. I would say those are the two main challenges that, uh, that okay. we face. Sure. So with, I guess, the, the first challenge there, do you foresee or what do you see as the solution to that on the legislation side? It, it oftentimes is a very complicated topic that there's no real easy answer to words. Um, and again, it depends on from country to country as well. Um, fr from your end, what, what are you seeing as potential ways around this, potential ways to address it? So I think that um, I've been positively surprised because in general, a lot of uh, regulators are quite uh, open to new ideas and, and, and borrowing from uh, successful case studies. So we are constantly um, engaging with regulators in all the markets in which we operate and sharing with them what we are also seeing in, in other economies and what is working and what is not. So it's, it's a lot of constant engagement uh, with regulators and, uh, and private sector. Uh, right. So just keep keeping that dialogue open and a two-way conversation. Actually, yes, keeping that dialogue open, making sure it's a two-way conversation and assisting them as well in, in drafting some of the policies that will right. uh, govern that, that, that sector. Right, understood. And it's kind of getting ahead of it in a way and helping exactly. to, to, to it, create those policies. It is still a relatively new industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, there isn't that much uh, precedent um, from a yeah. regulation perspective on it. So it's new territory for, uh, for, for governments and regulators. And so I, under, probably, I understand uh, the hesitation to move very quickly, um, but I welcome the, uh, the openness uh, to, yeah. to, to consider new ideas. Definitely. We kind of saw this, a similar trend with the renewable energy space in Africa as well where a lot of companies were bringing on energy policy directors because they understood the importance of being ahead of those decisions as well and helping kind of shape those decisions um, to ensure a, a suitable environment for you know, operation. Um, unfortunately, I think they realized a bit later on into the, the development of you know, the renewable energy landscape in Africa, but uh, it's good that at least it seems within the data center space, it's something that's been kind of identified um, early days. So ho hopefully that continues to to take that conversation further. I, I, um, I really do hope so. And I think that, you know, it's, it's important that regulation, regulators are, are looking not only at data centers, but looking at the wider ecosystem. When we think about connectivity and digital infrastructure, uh, we, need, um, we need some attention to be paid to building fiber, uh, terrestrially and subsea, uh, and also to the customers that are in, uh, in, in our data centers to be able to operate in some of these countries. Regulation needs to be conducive to the entire ecosystem for data centers yeah. to, to actually work. Understood. And the second challenge you touched upon there, the energy challenge, and I think it's one of the most discussed challenges and probably the most agreed upon challenge for everyone in space, um, and a really interesting one as well. And like you said, you know, they, they account for a huge amount of the operating expenses and there also a need for reliable power which historically has not necessarily been a strong suit for example in South Africa with load shedding um, is a huge problem for you know DC operators so as this market kind of grows and there's an increased need for you know 
diesel to power these uh, these operations, so does the carbon footprint. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about renewable energy and renewable energy solutions. Do you feel the market's ready to adopt those solutions within the data center space the same way maybe, for example, now we're seeing in mining? Um, what do you see as some of the challenges, but are you optimistic about the future for clean energy solutions for um, you know, DC infrastructure? Absolutely, I'm uh, I'm very uh, I'm very bullish on uh, on using uh, renewable energy to power these data centers. And I, what I've seen, and maybe I can speak from uh, from our perspective as Raxio, you know, we have um, you know one of our core principles is to be sustainable um, in in all our practices. And so when we when we look at our data centers, like you rightly mentioned, they're powered primarily. Uh, sorry. The, the primary cost uh, for data centers is power. The primary source of power for our data centers is the grid. In all the markets in which we are currently operating, uh, the source of the grid is, is renewable. So a lot of Africa is powered by renewable energy through hydro. Um, but it's important that these data centers have stable renewable energy that you know, is, is always available. In, in instances where the grid goes down, um, you have to rely on diesel generators. And so what we try to do, we, we've, we've tried a couple of things, but what we try to do is we have redundant rings uh, from, the, from the grid that, uh, mm -hmm. that bring power to our data center. So even if one loop goes down, we have another loop that kicks in. The other thing we do is that we, uh, we are looking into uh, building a solar um, plant uh, on, the, on, the, on the plots adjacent to our sites. So that will um, serve as our uh, primary source of backup. And only when that can't meet the, the demand uh, will our generators kick in. We're also experimenting with a few uh, newer technologies that the continent has not yet seen. Um, and Maybe uh, we can share a little bit more about this at, at a later stage once they've been developed. Definitely, I'll definitely pick your brains on that when the when the announcements out on that one. Um, so, I guess to summarize, you're saying it, it it's ultimately in everyone's best interest to pay attention not just to how data center uses renewable energy, but more broadly how our countries adopting renewable energy and making that. As adoptable as possible, because, like you correctly said, it then feeds into the grid that's feeding into these operations. I think a lot of people are viewing it as of now as building on-site renewable energy solutions, um, but that's not necessarily going to be, you know, anywhere near enough power to power these these huge projects. Um, so it's effectively creating an environment that's more conducive towards renewable energy more broadly across sub-Saharan Africa. Exactly, and we're starting to see some of these initiatives being taken, for example, in, uh, in Mozambique, where we have our data center. Our data center is located in an industrial park called Beleluan Industrial Park, and the, uh, the authority that manages that park is, uh, is developing um, a solar plant uh, to, to feed uh, the businesses within that park. So they can develop these at scale to generate power at scale. And if we can secure a PPA with, uh, with one of these uh, uh, producers, that works you know, uh, directly in our, in our favor um, in, in many ways. Um, and, um, 
and, and we are also seeing this in being this, these initiatives being taken in Ivory Coast, in which we are also in, in an industrial park. So I think that it's from from all levels, we're starting to see some initiatives being taken to uh, to developing uh, uh, renewable energy sources to um, supply to industry. Okay, great. And obviously the Roxia story has been incredibly impressive so far and, and a great case study for what can be done with space. But kind of looking forward now, what is the goal or what are the ambitions that Roxio have over the next few you know months, years even? All right, yeah. So our ambition is to continue to, uh, to grow our platform um, and in, uh, across the continent. We've already got the, the widest footprint of green tier three carry neutral data centers in Africa, and we're going to continue to build on these. So wherever we can sort of see demand that, uh, that needs addressing, we will, we will try and, 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 and grow into some of these markets. Um, the team will continue to grow. We already have uh, a pretty um, strong team at, uh, at all levels. Um, but it will continue to grow, so there will be opportunities coming out of that. Uh, the, uh, the markets that we are operating in will continue to develop, and as well, our products will continue to develop. So we are looking into developing alternative uh, technologies uh, to, uh, to operating these data centers. We're looking at different configurations. We're looking at differently um, designed facilities uh, to be uh, sort of... Um, designed specifically for uh, particular customers um, and so we'll continue to grow this we'll try and become uh, the the leading uh, data center operator in Africa perfect well th that was super enlightening uh, for myself and I'm sure many others and before I let you go um, at the end of the podcast I usually ask our, ask our guests on to recommend someone that maybe they know personally or heard of in the industry um, that feel can add a lot of value whether that's from a digital infrastructure space or any other sector and recommend you know who we should bring onto the podcast next really and that way you know we ensure that we're bringing on the best of the best so if I were to kind of put you on the spot and ask you who, who your name would be who, who should be next on here so to talk about digital infrastructure um, I have a friend called uh, Makana Nyaga, and he is okay. um, involved with uh, with the tower space, and uh, he is uh, probably a good uh, guest to have on this. Perfect. I'll be sure to tag him in the when, when we do post this. Um. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to introduce you. You're great. That sounds perfect. Well, thanks so much for your time, then, Babek. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been good. There we go.